everyone, and welcome. This is Super Bowl weekend, and I'm your host, James Brown. You know, whether you're an avid fan, a casual spectator, or someone who loves watching the game for the commercials, the Super Bowl continues to be one of our most popular cultural events each and every year. And with kudos and gratitude to the donors, NFL players, and the amazing team at Sports Spectrum, you're now watching Football Sunday 2018. City is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's an extremely uh, blue-collar town. Not really New York and the glitz and glam, but it's a hard-working city. Um, and my family and I love being here. You know the history, uh, the food. Man, the food's unbelievable. Cheesesteak's obviously pretty good. You see every stage of life. You know it's just real. It's authentic. It's a big-time sports city, and we're lucky to be a part of it. The fans are great. Um, they're wild. They love their football. Uh, they're the most passionate sports fans in the entire country, in my opinion. It makes you excited about your job, and uh, it makes you want to play even harder. It's a unique area because you have a, a diverse group of people, hardworking people. You have everything from the mountains to the ocean. The city is awesome. I mean, you just feel the history around here. I mean, I think you, you have to say that's a special feeling from Kansas originally, so a bit of a culture shock, um, but I mean, I love it out here. It's uh, great people, great food, so. Love it here. You know, the fans are very passionate about sports. They give it to us raw and real. Uh, it's a diehard sports town. The success that our teams have had here and our fans really love it. They enjoy it. We have a lot of fans that really support us big time. The word rain means something extremely important today. At the conclusion of Super Bowl 52, one team will reign supreme in the world of professional football. And that word, the word reign, was important to Jesus as well. It was actually one of his favorite words to bring up with anyone who might listen. Now, we translate it using the word kingdom, but whatever the case, the kingdom of God or the reign of God was always on the lips of Christ. So if Jesus believes that the kingdom of God is worth exploring, and if he's always inviting people into it, then we would do well to explore it and perhaps even take more than a casual glance toward its beauty and its potential. So we'll ask this question at the onset and we'll pursue it throughout our time together. What does it look like for a person to live in the kingdom of God? How do we live within this reign where the glorious and powerful king is also a loving and sacrificial father? We believe any answer to that question begins when a person seeks Jesus. We ask a group of NFL players what it means for them to seek Christ. Their answers are insightful, reflective, honest, and at times surprising. Here's what they said about seeking Jesus. For a person to seek God, uh, I think it's, it's a person to seek truth. You know, I, I think our hearts always long to seek something, you know, to seek satisfaction, to seek gratification, to seek peace. It's something that, that, you, have to, that you have to do. You have to actually be in pursuit. We're called to not only just sit down and expect God to come to us, but we're called to chase after him. 
and seek after him. You know, seek ye first the kingdom and uh, all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I mean, it doesn't get any more blatant or plain than that, that it's important for us to get our priorities straight. Coolest thing about it, man, is like when you intentionally seek something, it's for a purpose or a specific reason. And I think, you know, in our hearts, we're all longing for something. We're all longing for that, that peace and that joy and that satisfaction. So usually when I'm seeking, when I'm not seeking God, I'm actually not reaching far enough. I'm not even reaching my potential. We put our heart into all these other things, all these worldly things. And we have to turn them from those things just to look at God. Because he's counter to all those things. Seeking his kingdom is counter to seeking the world. And for me to seek God now, yeah, I just look back on these times in my life where I'm, I'm, you know, smack in the middle of uncertainty, where something happens, and I feel like that's my most peaceful times because I don't, I, I'm, you're literally walking blind. You, you don't know what's next because of that uncertainty. It puts you in a, a place of seeking and understanding what real faith is about. Regardless of the situation, you know, that's kind of what, what Paul is talking about. What I have, you know, a little. I have a lot. I can do all things through Christ, and that's that's really what that means. You know, and no matter the situation, we have to be seeking His face. Whether I'm trying to help somebody or change something, I'm like I can't do it on my own. And that's when you kind of realize, okay, I've been put here to get this accomplished, but I can't do it on my own accord. And I continuously, you know, seek guidance, seek wisdom, and like I don't know how I'm going to get this done, but God, I, I need that direction. And we have to make time and be intentional about. You know, living that life of Christ and seeking Him, and seeking Him in the most fundamental and most basic ways. No matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus, seeking Him really is the foundation. You know, we find Jesus in those moments of seeking Him. And ultimately, those also become the moments when we feel ourselves the most completely found. It's just authentic community. You know, guys are, are talking about their struggles. Guys are talking about the things that they're working through, the things that, you know, are, are going well in their lives, the things that are, you know, difficulties, whatever it might be. You know, the biggest thing about you know, the guys in the locker room is that uh, there's a bunch of unselfish players. You know, it's a really you know, tight-knit group. It's really what a team should be. These are guys that not only love me as a player, but encourage me more so off the field to stay true to the word, um, to be in the word, to consistently seek growth. My relationship with God is the only reason why I'm playing football. Every time I'm out in the field, um, I'm not trying to bring my name glory. I'm trying to bring God's name glory because he's the one who's given me the opportunity and um, you know, really paved the way for you know me to be here in this position I'm in now. When I'm focused on him, everything else can be scattered. Everything else can be hectic and I'm at peace and I'm level. And, um, you know, I think ultimately that's the love and the grace, the beauty of, of Christ and having a true relationship with him. My relationship with Jesus is second to none. Last year um, was the first year that I truly dedicated my life to Christ. I got baptized in March, and with Jesus in my life, I know exactly who and why I'm playing this game. This team really has become um, a brotherhood that has actually even gone even into the coaches and the players. They truly are a family. Carson went down. It was obviously tough for the team. Um, a guy that was pretty much the rock of the team. 
and when he got hurt, everyone was extremely devastated. We were obviously playing uh, extremely well. You know, we were on pace to go in the NFC East. We were just really clicking. Offensively, we've been playing really well throughout the game. I almost felt like I was playing as fast and as, like, just carefree in a good way. Just, like, I felt like I was in total control out there and potentially, like, had to feel for the game that I probably hadn't had on that level yet. Um, I just felt this probably as good as ever. And uh, I scrambled around and dove in and didn't think much of it. And I started standing up and I realized, okay, my leg, my left leg, something's wrong. Every time I stepped, I just, I could not put pressure on it. I could barely walk. And so I stayed in there for four more plays. Two of them were runs and I caught the ball, handed it off. I usually carry out my fake and do everything and that wasn't happening. And then he called a pass and I'm like, okay, I got to get the ball out. Um, I can't stand here very long. And threw it. It was incomplete. I just turned and put my head down and started walking off. I'm thinking third down. And the coach was like, no, 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 go back out there. Fourth down, we're going for it. I'm like, all right, here we go. As I'm like struggling just to walk back to the huddle. And I was just like, okay, well, I hope they, um, my first read's open. I'm like, something's got to happen. Of course not. Um, I just stood in there, stood in there. Someone finally started breaking through the line, and I just kind of threw it in the direction of Alshon and Nelly. Like, and it was all, it was all a gift from God that that was completed for a touchdown. And usually, I'm running in there to celebrate and have fun with my guys, and I just said, "Okay, cool." And I walked straight to the train. I'm like, "We need to go in that tent. Something's wrong." And uh, I just remember saying, "Jesus, Jesus, Jesus!" Like over and over, like, "I need you, I need you." Trainers were looking at it, doing their tests, and I honestly wasn't even really paying attention to their tests. I was just laying back, "Jesus, Jesus, Jesus," because He's the only one that can make it better, and He's the only one that could provide me peace. And at the same time, I'm like, "Your will," because I knew I needed Him emotionally, physically, um, kind of everything in that moment. Woke up and from the surgery and felt okay, and then the next day came and I felt miserable. It was one of the worst days of my life because I just I couldn't even sleep. Like there was just so much pain and you never think you're gonna be that guy. Um, and I'm just like, well, this is me now. I am that guy. This is reality for me. And how am I gonna come back from it? To know like all the pain I'm going through. And to think of what Jesus went through for me, it made me recognize a deeper level of love than I think I ever have really felt in a long time. It's always easy to say he's in control of everything, but the more I recognize, like, I need him in literally every moment of every situation when I can't even walk and do things, um, the more I realize, like, he's got everything in the palm of his hand. You just have to know and be comfortable knowing that this is exactly where God has us. We know that he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't pace back and forth. He's seated on the throne. He knows that this is exactly where we need to be. And just this whole season, you know, guys have stepped up. Backups have stepped up. Guys have prepared like they were going to be the starter you know, going into that game, even though they weren't. And um, they were just ready for their, their number to be called. I think that's what's made this year so amazing is how this entire team, players, coach, staff, secretaries, just coming together for this common cause uh, of family. If one hallmark of life in God's kingdom is seeking Christ, the next mark is one that might feel more difficult, more sacrificial, and quite frankly at times more painful. The word is surrender. In Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul implores us to become what he calls living sacrifices, 
and our NFL players had much to say about what this means. The word surrender to me is always one that I struggle with because to me it deals with responsibility. Where usually you, you think of it as a place of weakness, for me it's freeing because the responsibility is no longer on me, it's on God. It's more of a sign of entrusting, I would say, at least in terms of what you're giving to the Lord. I think that's a word that has a lot of layers to it. You know, and so you talk about surrender, I mean, you know, it's different in the game because I'm out there yelling to my team, never surrender, never retreat. But when it comes to God, it's, it's totally different. The notion when we hear surrender, it takes such a negative tone because we feel like it means give up, it means quit. When you surrender, you're giving up to things that are, that are gonna suffocate you anyway. And he's calling you into a life that in some respects may be different than what you believe is gonna satisfy you, but it's ultimately gonna bring you peace. There's many times where it's difficult to surrender to God. I think one of the main ones is probably when, when trials and tribulations hit because we're, we're trying to control it so much ourselves. I think everybody's default would go back to some form of selfishness. And for me, it just came to a point where I just got tired. I got tired of living that life. I got tired of living a double life. I've always wanted to know I'm going to be on this team for this amount of time and, you know, really have my future set. So that was selfishly just wanting to know everything was going to be okay. You know, and I think for me, the course of my career being the way it has been, um, it's continued to put me in a space of faith all the time. You know, it's a fight. You know, it's a fight with the devil. It's a fight with the enemy. It seems so backwards. Why? Why do I give all these things up that make me feel good? Right? That, that seems backwards. But there is such a greater joy. There's such a greater happiness and fulfillment in Jesus Christ. God's saying, hey, listen, you can give up and completely let go of whatever it is because I'm worth it. In turn, you're going to be giving, getting something by giving up a little. You're going to be getting something so much greater. I've heard all the, the, the sayings, you know, don't tell God how big your problem is, tell your problem how big your God is. And, and But when it really, when re, you're in the midst of it for real, you know, all those cliche sayings kind of just go out the window and you're sitting there like, no, nah, I can handle it. And you, you want to just, you know, do it yourself so bad, but you really gain power through him when you surrender and let him take care of it. God wants everything. He wants your entire life. He wants it all because he knows how to use it the best. All the pressures of, of worldly expectations and standard are gone. All those things that used to weigh me down, I think it's not, it's not mine anymore. I don't have to worry about it because I've surrendered. When you surrender the things that you know you want to hold on to and say, I've, I did this, you know, I got it to the NFL. When you finally surrender those those strongholds, you are free and you're at peace. And there's no peace like the covering of Jesus Christ. I love what Josh McCown said about surrender. He said, quote, when you surrender, you're giving up the things that will suffocate you anyway. So what if God has bigger plans for us than we could ever dream? All for his glory. And what if our lifestyle of surrender provides us with the oxygen we need to accomplish our God-given purpose?
um, this season, like every season I've been here, uh, you just have your ups and your downs. So to be at a point after week four, two and two, some bad losses, it's like they're done. To be here now, uh, I think it's just a credit to us sticking together. It just goes to show you that uh, it's a long journey. It took the guys and coaches to stick together in this locker room and t- tune out the noise on the outside and stick it to one another and playing for each other. Scripture tells us that adversity is a good thing, that God uses that a certain way, and I think that adversity was used to kind of help make our football team come together more. One of the qualities that I think makes it so special is guys care about other guys um, outside of the football game, and they carry you through. They get you through that stuff, and, and you're happy that you have those guys, and they bring you through all the tough times. When we get together at different times, uh, when we talk about things to me that are more important than football, if you need a help as being a father or a husband, advice and those things. I mean, we had a huge group of guys in here that that walk that walk, and, and it's hard to walk that life. And, but when you have great guys around you to help hold you accountable, um, that helps you a lot. I've been so encouraged this year uh, by the body of believers that we have here. So many strong men that God has gifted in, in different ways. It's really been uh, an honor to be a part of such a unique group this year. It's an overwhelming sense of brotherhood and joyfulness and camaraderie, accountability. Uh, in the things of God, in the character of God, and how we should live and, and move and have our being. I've grown a lot, you know, since being here in my faith. My faith could not have come at a better time. It's been so much more valuable than any of the wins that we've done. It's been the true treasure of, of coming here to New England. So I really feel like he's given me this great opportunity to play a game that I love so much. He's given me people in my life, uh, ability to go out here and do this, and then ultimately it gives me a platform to give him glory. You know, without Christ, I wouldn't be standing here talking to you guys right now. All glory goes to him. So thus far, we've talked about seeking Christ, and we've also discussed the essence of surrender to him. But there's a third and significant piece of life in God's kingdom, of living under his reign. And that piece is when we serve others. We ask our group of NFL players what it looks like to truly serve other people. As you might imagine, the discussion was rich, inspiring, and more than a little thought-provoking. Here's what they said. One of our main purposes is to serve others. It's one of the ways we shed the gospel, not only through speaking it, but being able to show that Christ-like manner. There's so many different ways to serve. Just meeting other people's needs. Find out what you what you feel like God is calling you to do and what you like to do and what cause you want to help. If we're not focused on serving those around us, we start to I look back at ourselves. And once we get our minds on ourselves, we're not on mission, we're not on assignment. You know, there are people in this, in this nation that are suffering. And there are people in this world that are suffering. And how can I serve those? And in doing all those things, um, you're able to show the love of Christ. Christ set the example and we are we are seeking him daily. Shouldn't we live out the way uh, you know he was he was exemplified? When you read Mark 10:45, there's an exchange that's happening there that's saying, whatever it takes for you to have peace and have a connection with God, I'll do that. And if we're gonna be a ransom to people and we're gonna serve people, that means whatever it takes for you to know peace and to know God, then I'll do that. When the Lord is supplying my needs and leading me and I'm close and seeking Him, then the reality of it is then is I can now offer that to other people real. For me, what keeps me in a service mindset is not feeling like I'll be punished if I don't 
and don't do it. It's more so just feeling like, well, what impact am I missing if I if I don't do this? I can always say, you know, God, when I have a little bit more, then I'll give more. When I have a little bit more time, when I'm not as busy, I'll serve more. I'll spend more time doing things that are that are uplifting to your kingdom. But God is like, you know what? I always need people to pray. I always need people uh, that are give, and I always need people that are go. Well, I like to give a lot of wisdom to the young people, the young and upcoming generation, because they're so easily influenced right now by many different things that, I mean, this can impact their lives going forward. I've actually been to Honduras uh, to actually see some of the work uh, where people didn't have access to clean water and what it's done for those communities. I've had somebody reach out to me, help me out at every key point of my life, whether it was watching my dad grow up and seeing how he really served the community. I get to high school and I had a coach that poured into me. I get to Ohio State and play under a coach, Jim Trestle, who taught me all about faith, integrity. So I know the importance of all of those small opportunities. That's the heart of serving, is just desiring so much um, that you would be willing to give up of yourself, of your resources, um, because you believe in so much in what you've surrendered to that um, serving you know, becomes a posture of life and it becomes a way that you live. It's truly an amazing thing to consider that when we serve other people in the name of Christ, that we're actually serving Jesus himself. Seek, surrender, serve. It becomes a lifestyle. At times we execute it to perfection, and honestly at other times we fall flat on our faces. But whatever the case, God always invites us into that next small step of obedience, not to earn his love, but to respond to it. So the world might see what the Apostle Paul calls the handiwork of God. And now it's your turn. Maybe something inside of you, something at the soul level, is acknowledging that you've been pursued your entire life by the great king of the kingdom, by the father who gave his only son for you. It's like a light has been turned on and the love he has for you is worth dying for. And maybe you're just tired and exhausted from running away from that love. What if today is the day you simply stop running, turn toward God and say, I give up. I surrender. I receive your great love for me. If you'd like to begin a journey with Jesus today, I invite you to pray with me now. There's nothing magic about this prayer, but it's simply a way of expressing the true attitude of your heart. In this way, you can know without a doubt that you have become a child of God. God. I surrender to your pursuing and unconditional love for me, and I choose to love you in return. I want my life to become wrapped inside of a kingdom where you are my king and my father. Please forgive me for rejecting your love. I truly am sorry, and I fully embrace the death of Jesus on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe that on the third day, you raised Christ from the dead, and that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. If you said that prayer with me, 
let me be the first to welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome to his holy family. Please tell someone about the decision you just made today, a pastor, the person who brought you to Football Sunday, or a friend who's a Christian. You just went from death to life. And that story, my friend, is worth shouting from the rooftops. Toward the end of C.S. Lewis's book, The Last Battle, one of the characters sums up what all the other characters are feeling. And my hunch is that you might be feeling it too. He stomped his right foot on the ground and then cried out, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it until now. You know, life in the kingdom is that home we've all been looking for all of our days, whether we knew it or not. It's where we belong. It's our real country. Seek, surrender, serve. And friends, whatever you do today, whoever you're with, wherever you go, I pray that you laugh and play and cheer and pretend that you're a kid again playing on an elementary school football field. The honor has truly been mine to spend this time together with you. It's Super Bowl 52. God bless you, and by all means, enjoy the game.